0: I'm Leonard Riggs, and welcome to my podcast, From My Head to Your Ears. I'm going to talk about a subject that's near and dear to my heart, Um, my dad. It's coming upon uh, seven years since he passed. He died on May 7th, 2016, and I still can't believe it's been that long. I miss him more than anybody could ever know. but he does leave behind a lot of good stories and uh, a lot of uh, memories that I, I'm going to share with you. So I'm going to leave for a minute and I'll be back with a special tribute to my dad, Leonard Riggs Sr. I'll be right back. I'm back, I'm having a real hard time doing this podcast. Um, it's not really hard for me to talk about my dad, it's just I want to do it right, so I keep stopping and re recording. So here I go again. I'm going to try this, and hopefully, I'll get it right at least this segment. I have so many stories. I, I promised myself when I did my podcast of the second season, I'd be way more organized, but. A lot's happened in the last couple weeks and I, I just haven't had time to organize anything. But I want to get this first podcast of the new season in and I want to do a proper uh, tribute to my dad. My dad was born <clears throat> on August 14, 1925. At least that's the official birth date um he actually I think may have may have been two years younger because this birth date was um based on his service record and he lied about his age to get in service as many young men did in World War II because they wanted to serve their country he quit school uh he I don't know that he even went to high school he had an 8th grade education which he later um got his high school equivalent later in life. But back in the day, they didn't have um, birth certificates. And he got a birth certificate later in life for, because they're needed, you know. So uh, he chose that as his birthday, his official birthday. But anyway, he uh, grew up in Christopher, Illinois, where we live now, I live there too. (laughs) <laughs> and he loved he loved this area. He played at Andy's Creek when he was a kid, was a kid with his friends. He loved the Globe Theater where he saw Frankenstein in its first release back in the early '30s. He loved that movie. I think that was his favorite movie. I think I've told that story before. Uh, saved up money and went several times to see it, and ran home scared every time he watched it. Loved that movie. As a matter of fact, we watched it every Halloween. That was a father-son thing. And I watch it in his honor now. Um, my dad passed away May seventh, two 2016. Probably the worst day of my life. Uh, something I knew was going to happen. And I, I could have kept my dad 100 more years. A lot of people said he lived a long life. But... <laughs> I love my dad. He was my best friend, my biggest cheerleader, my hero, my biggest critic, um, and my biggest supporter as as well. So uh, he was, I am Leonard Riggs Jr., I am his son. I'm the only son in this family. And uh, of course, you go through life. When you're named after your dad, it kind of gives you an identity crisis. I am not my dad. I never, I never could be him. I'm not anything. I don't want to say I'm not anything like him, but we didn't grow up in the same times and I wanted different things out of life than he does. Plus I have some of my mom in me and some of her, you know, you're an equal mixture of your parents. So, um, but I have never was an athlete, for instance. I do like art. But me and my dad had our father and son things, and I'll talk about that later. Um, I wanna talk more about my dad's early life. Uh, like I said, he was born here in Christopher, and he played at Andy's Creek with his friends. That was one of his favorite places in town. It's a little offshoot of the Big Muddy River in um, Christopher, Illinois. Just a little creek where he Played when he was a kid, and later on brought us kids, my sisters and I, to shoot BB guns and in this area hickory nut hunt and all kinds of stuff. But he loved he loved kind of the back roads of our area, and often he would take us on drives in his little VW blue bug Volkswagen <laughs> on the back roads. I learned to drive that Volkswagen on the back roads when I was 13. <clears throat> but my dad was a star athlete. He had um, records that were are still held to this day at Christopher Elementary School in my town. Um, one of them was broken by a classmate of mine in the early 80s. And I still remember them reading that reading the statistics and finding out that they broke my dad's record. And they couldn't believe my dad was an athlete because I was not. And my dad was a star athlete, not only not only, uh, an athlete, but he was the equivalent of the young man in my class who was our star athlete. Um, he was voted the male athlete of the, was it 1939 or 40 or the 1939-40 school year? the eighth grade. My dad played football. He played, uh, basketball. He did track, uh, everything. He could do anything. He was just amazing. And my dad was very smart. He was an artist and he was, he was a very good math student. He really took to math. It was very smart, but, but Like I said, I think, uh, I've said before, he joined the service when he was probably 16, 17. And it was an honor to serve your country. Took off, uh, was stationed in India. Didn't like it. Didn't have a good experience in the army and World War II was just a nightmare for him. He got dysentery quite often in India. He said it was really dirty there in the jungle of India, hot human. He got malaria. Uh, did not have a good time. <laughs> Needless to say, in World War II, saw things that no young man should have to see. A uh, lot, of, lot of deaths and things that were just horrific to him that he never really talked about. Maybe uh, somewhat, but would not go into detail. Uh, he was just glad to get out of there alive and When he got home, he says there was no... Regardless of what you see in history books, he didn't remember a hero's welcome at all. And when he got out of World War II, he just remembers getting mugged (laughs) as several of his uh, guys he was with did on, on the boat out of back to home. And then he had to hitchhike from New York to Christopher, Illinois, so that was... He never really talked about that too much, but I don't think that was quite pleasant either, but he sure was glad to get home. And when he got home, um, he married uh, his first wife and they had a daughter and he built a house and he formed, he helped form uh, softball leagues in Christopher, Illinois, where a lot of young men who were coming out of World War II would play. And they had a sponsor, the Griesdick Brothers Beer, which is, I believe, a beer out of St. Louis. I don't know if they're still around or not. I'd have to look it up. Um, but they sponsored his ball team, and he was a star pitcher. And uh, I've heard older men that were friends of my dad tell me, you know, they called him Mighty. That was his nickname. But he was an amazing athlete, and he could. he was a star pitcher. And he did that. Ah, through the 1950s 40s 50s early 60s he played ball and uh, when I was born he did I don't know if he was still doing it when I was born I don't think he was but at one point he was working three jobs he worked for the railroad my dad had so many different jobs in different fields he worked for the railroad he worked in the coal mines um He went to drafting school, became a mechanical draftsman. uh, Finished his, you know, finished got his high school diploma, and then he went to drafting school. Uh, My dad really could do anything. He was an artist. He was a musician. He could play the trumpet like nobody else could. Loved playing the trumpet. Played the trumpet in the army. He would play reveille and, you know, taps and all that stuff in the army. Um, He also worked in the kitchen in the army. I forgot that story. (laughs) where he learned to make SOS uh, shit on the shingle as they called it we had that quite often for breakfast but he learned to cook in the army and he liked cooking and he was a good cook Um, both my parents were my dad was uh, oh he didn't have the best upbringing Um, he loved his mama loved his mom immensely and my grandma was a big churchgoer, and she remarried. And he did totally get along with his stepdad. His his dad died when he was three. His name was Jack Riggs, and he was the father of my dad, my uncle Clyde. We call him Duty, and uh, uh, Uncle Toddy, who was uh, mentally handicapped. And then we they had an older brother from my grandma's first marriage named Irvin, and then. My dad had a younger sister with my grandma's last husband and uh, Tootsie. her name was Helen, and my dad was really close to his brothers and my aunt. Um, my aunt lived down the street from us. she lived with my grandma and my dad we we were very close, so they were just li- literally down the alley actually from us so um My dad really loved being home and when he got a little older and got down to one job and he got a job at a local mine tool uh, uh, assembly place where he was a draftsman, had a nice job, had an office job, was head of his union, wore a nice tie and a shirt, got to use a company car, loved that job and it closed unfortunately. And he ended up working in a a mine tool shop where he got dirty and it was awful. And that's where he was till he retired. But um, my dad, he just, there was always a sadness with my dad. And that's something I really didn't notice until looking back in hindsight that my dad just seemed to regret a lot. Um, but he didn't, he didn't like harp on it, but he just seemed, he loved my mom. I mean, my mom was just his love. But there was just something about my dad where he just kind of kept to himself a lot. He didn't like to go to family reunions and he loved his football. Oh my God, football Sunday. know that was end all for him when football season was on he was watching it even when we go to family reunions or family functions they would have to turn football on for him (laughs) he was something else set in his ways and uh he would make Sunday dinner he I, I said he was a good cook he would make Sunday dinner and my mom would go to church and then at noon We would have supper, we'd say the prayer, always said the prayer at mealtimes. My dad had a a deep belief in God, uh, but he didn't go to church. He didn't believe in organized religion, which is funny because I've kind of grown up that way too. I'm not a big church fan either. Uh, That's where I'm like my dad. Uh, I don't believe in churches, but I believe in God. And I'm not being controversial. That's just the way it is and there again I'm like my dad I'm very stubborn (coughs) but he would often make a meal and then it was feetball time he'd grab his plate say the prayer grab his plate go watch feetball and feetball he called it feetball I should say (laughs) but my favorite thing as a kid I didn't get into sport I was not a sports person never was I know my uncles criticized my dad for not not to making me enjoy sports, but I just didn't, and he knew I didn't, so he didn't force it on me. Uh, Here we have this star athlete, he's trying to teach me how to pitch, and I'm just like, I don't like this at all. (laughs) I just didn't, didn't care for it. But um, I enjoyed watching him (laughs) watch football because there was nobody more animated than he was. He would really get into the game, and uh, it was so hilarious. Oh, gosh. I wished... I, I did later in life when I had a video camera capturing uh, Watching football. I wished I could access those videos again. They're in the old 8mm uh, videotape that I don't have a player for. I can't... No way of playing them. But anyway... He just was a lot of fun watching football. <laughs> he just would get so into those games. And... My dad also liked, he liked movies. He told the story of when he was a kid. He uh, saw Frankenstein in its original release. I think I've told this story before. And he went and watched the the early 30s Frankenstein with Boris Karloff. Went and saw it and it scared the daylights out of him. And he ran home, all the way home, straight home after the movie was over. Scared to death, but then he wanted to go see it again. And that's one of his, that. I think that's his favorite movie of all time. A matter of fact, know it was. He really loved Frankenstein. Um, not sure if that was the first movie he ever saw. He never really said. I'm wondering if it wasn't. But he loved monster movies. And that's something we share. And uh, I'm going to take a break. And I'll come back. And I'm going to talk more about the father-son things we did, and that includes movies. So I'll be right back in a minute. I'm gonna gather my thoughts and play with my kitty cat who's who's loving on me right now. (laughs) I'll be right back. And I'm back. My dad was criticized quite a bit by his brothers um, for not teaching me ball and all that stuff, but like I said, I never took to it, so we had our father-son things that that he um, kind of shared with me, the things we do, we go to Andy's Creek and shoot BB guns and take rides in his Volkswagen, and he taught me how to drive the Volkswagen, the stick shift when I was 13, and <clears throat> stuff like that, and but my big thing with my dad was uh, movies, and he loved movies. And when we got cable in 1976, it opened up a whole world of movies because we got the St. Louis stations, which had showed a lot of old movies and old TV shows. So they would have these Saturday morning, Saturday evening, Saturday night, whatever, matinees, and we got to watch a lot of old movies, and he loved that. And I got to experience movies with you know, someone who loved him, so um, he loved all the Tarzan movies were on the movies that he grew up with and I, he got to share them with me and he loved that and I love those movies to this day Um, not a big fan of World uh, War movies he surprisingly was even though he didn't like his experience in the Army and World War II but he did like to watch war movies Loved John Wayne. My dad was a big Elvis fan, believe it or not. Loved Elvis Presley. Loved to hear him sing. My dad's favorite singer was Bing Crosby. uh, But he liked Dean Martin and Doris Day and all those stars as well. Loved The Wizard of Oz. uh, He would always sing along to Over the Rainbow. Uh, My dad just loved movies and... That's something we shared together. He loved monster movies especially. And that's that's where I kind of lit up. I love scary movies. My sister Kim loves scary movies. We love to watch scary movies to day. I mean, my dad, my sister Kim, and my friend Craig Edwards were all big mentors in my movie watching experience. But my dad was the original. And, uh... It was a lot of fun watching movies with my dad because he really, really enjoyed it, and that was our one of our father son things. And he kind of pushed me to like Star Trek, and I did. It's almost like he knew I would. He loved Flash Gordon as a child, and uh, was a big Buster Crab fan. But he loved the Flash Gordon serials and Buck Rogers, but Flash Gordon was his absolute favorite. And he talked about those all the time, going to see those serials at at the Globe Theater. Uh, One of his favorite things ever. But uh, we we would spend a lot of time watching movies and my mom wasn't necessarily a fan of movies. She would kind of go off and clean or cook or something while we watched them. Every now and then she'd join. But my dad, we also watched, me and my dad, we also watched uh, a lot of the crime shows that I still love to this day—Barnaby uh, Jones and Cannon and Mannix and <laughs> uh, uh, Columbo and McMillan and Wife—and all those shows, we, I still love them. I still watch them, and they make me think of my dad to this day. <clears throat> my dad, uh, my dad, liked to comb his hair like Elvis. As a matter of fact, I think he was a bigger Elvis fan than I ever ever realized because I know he had the leather jacket sometimes and he'd comb his hair <laughs> He really he really did love Elvis. We'd watch a lot of Elvis movies and he loved to hear him sing. But uh, my dad, that that was another one of his favorite things next to football is watching movies and, and some T V shows. My dad was mostly content sitting on the chair watching a movie in his house and another thing my dad and I share was the love of potatoes, fried potatoes my dad loved fried potatoes I mean that was his favorite he had some weird things that he liked that I did not share like oh god he liked buttermilk which I don't even I can't even imagine why he liked it because he let me try it and I liked it dyed it was awful I mean it belongs in uh, gravy or in recipes but just to drink it but he said his grandpa uh liked buttermilk and that's who got him started he loved his grandpa i think his his mom's his mom's dad um my my great grandpa was uh, a german full-blooded german they came from germany and they lived in milstadt i want to say but his his grandpa had a german accent And he called Halloween, Halloween. And, you know, I remember my dad telling me these stories. Oh, no, no, not Halloween. Halloween. That's it. Halloween. (laughs) So I wished I could have gotten more stories from my dad uh, about his grandpa and stuff. Like I said, my grandma, his mom died when uh, I was seven. And it's the only time I remember my dad crying. There was two times I remember my dad crying, actually. I take that back. My dad cried when his mom died. And... uh, I remember my dad, when my grandma died, I didn't understand it because we were kept home from school. And my dad went ahead and went to work. And I just, I still, I don't know how I did that. I think he just had to keep busy. But he did, he broke down and cried. And uh, because he loved his mom. And he cried when my sister, Lori, got cancer. And that's something she doesn't know. But I am telling that story for the first time. He busted out crying. And uh, I think sometimes my dad had trouble (sighs) showing love to people. I was just a side of him. He didn't ever have trouble showing me. I never felt in love by my dad. I was kind of like my dad's... What? I don't even know what I'd call it. I was. He was just... He always carried me on his shoulders or carried me or held me. I was almost like a favorite toy or something. But when my sisters married and moved off, you know, he was like they have their own families. And, you know, it didn't love him any less, but he he would kind of turn them over to their husbands but i didn't marry so i stayed home but when i moved out it kind of broke his heart a little bit i had my own home across town and i was getting my own life and my own interests and i think that hurt him a little bit but i always would have my dad over for movie night we go see movies we saw all the star trek films movies were just always our father something and I'd have movie night at my house so me and my dad would watch movies while my mom went to church and I enjoyed those those times with my dad um, it's hard it's hard doing this podcast because how do you put 49 years in just a few minutes so many memories and like I said I wished I'd have got more organized in this but um uh, I just haven't had time to sit and organize anything here lately, but I hope you're enjoying my podcast because I'm enjoying telling these stories about my dad. Um, he just was, I think I said at the beginning, he was my hero, my, my biggest supporter, my biggest critic, and uh, I, I, my dad didn't like me walking to work. I don't drive for various reasons, one of which I'm half blind at this point in my life, but I don't drive and oftentimes I'd walk to work, which is a mile away, and he didn't like that. He would give me rides and he would be there in the morning to pick me up. And if I had someone didn't show up and I had to stay, he would be up there griping bigger than anybody. I'd be like, Dad, I'm a grown ass man, go home. (laughs) And He would stay and stay and stay. Yeah, it's like oh but you know little looking back i don't have that support from anybody anymore nobody loves me like that my mom is my mom does but she has alzheimers and so i that part of my life's over nobody will ever love me like that ever again in my life i that's just that's just the way it is i find myself being i mean my family loves me but they all have their families and their things and I feel like sometimes it's just me and my mom right now. Uh, I don't know how to say that without sounding critical of my family, but I'm not. I don't. I understand it. I get it. We all have our own things and uh, our own lives. We all are separate entities. But since I didn't marry, my mom and dad and my cats are my immediate family. So they're my household family. Like I said, I did move away for a while and my dad was always, always at my house piddling and fixing things. And he worked on my roof and I'd help him when I was off. And, uh, I remember one time he was working on my roof because I had this stupid leak in this house and it, we couldn't find it. We patched it, patched it, patched it. He was over there trying to figure it out because that's the way my dad was. He had to figure something out and he wouldn't rest until he did. So he was up there working on it this big old storm came up. And I was at work and his ladder blew off and he was stuck on that roof during the storm. And my mom calls me in a panic. Your dad is not answering your phone and he's over at your house i don't know what's going on and i kind of chuckled and she got mad at me but it was kind of a nervous chuckle so i called my brother-in-law who lived across town and i said please go check on dad <laughs> and he found out he found out that the ladder had blown off and my dad later said and he was fine by the way my dad later said that he yelled at a little kid riding by the bikes, Bicycles and said, hey kid, put the ladder up so I can get down. And the kid just looked at him and just kept going. But that was my dad. My dad would, if he had a problem, he did not rest until he solved it. And I'm a little like that, but not to the point where he was. I mean, if there was something he was working on, he he could be up all night trying to figure it out. till he, he wasn't happy till he figured it out. Uh, that's just my dad. <laughs> I think I found the name of my this podcast. It's just my dad. <laughs> Leonard Riggs Sr. and Leonard Riggs Jr. definitely are two di- very different people, but we are very much alike as well. Uh, I can't deny it. I look like him. I, I, I have enough of my mom in me where I'm different. He used to tell me, you're just like your mom. Which is funny, because I used to get on to him. I had to get on to him about company. He didn't like company. And he was often rude about... (laughs) Things I laugh about now that I didn't laugh about at the time it was happening. But, I mean, he would get the vacuum cleaner out and start vacuuming when we had company, if they were there too late. He would look at my mom and say, did you get your bath yet? Oh, It's like, you're so awful <laughs> My mom would get so mad at him My mom and dad argued every day of their married life There was not a day I think for the day they got married The day after they argued and argued and argued He didn't like family He liked to be home watching TV She liked to be with her family um, He didn't like company of any kind he was always very rude with company. <laughs> his brother would come visit, and my cousin could uh, attest to this, and he'd say, So when are you guys going back? <laughs> oh, I don't know where he got so awful on that, that he was. He was just, this was his home, and this was his castle, and he just wanted it to himself. And... Uh... <laughs> Oh, Lord, I tell you so many stories. Uh, I probably would have to do a five-part podcast to do him complete justice, but these are just some of the things about my dad that I remember. And I miss my dad so bad. I'm going to take a break, and uh, I'm going to talk about missing my dad and, and uh, a little bit about his last... Last time in his life. And I'll be right back. I'm back. And like I said, if I was to properly talk about 49 years of having my dad in my life, (laughs) it would take me hours and hours. So I'm just giving you highlights. (laughs) And like I said, I'm sorry if I've repeated some of these stories. Uh, I don't know where I've told stories or who I've told them to, or if I told them in my blog or told them to people or whatever, you know, they're stories I've had all my life. But, uh, my dad was, uh, fairly healthy through his whole life. My mom and dad both were until they got the the later years in their seventies and eighties. And, uh, as time went on, they started developing medical issues. My dad found out he was a borderline diabetic, which he controlled with his... He controlled it, actually. He he kept it under good control. Went on a diet, lost some weight, you know. Uh, but as he grew older, he couldn't do what he used to do. He would always work on my house and... Um, My house just kind of was crumbling under our feet, but he would get up and he would patch it to where it was a little better. uh, Got to the point, though, where he was having trouble lifting things. And, you know, I could see my dad slowing down. And as I was getting older and he was getting older, the 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 um, roles were changing. I was kind of watching out for him more than he was watching out for me and that's what happens in life and uh my dad developed a terrible cataract in his eye later in his life and uh couldn't see and was very depressed and this was near the end of his life Um, he also had a defective heart valve that needed surgery but they at the point of this being discovered he was very thin and getting frail and they thought it would kill him if they tried to do the surgery it was going to be such a major thing so it was something he could live with but not live with quality and it made him kind of tired and uh, my dad was very down in the last few years of his life uh, but I didn't want to be sad about this. I wanted to talk about the funny things and the lightness of my dad being my dad. I have to laugh about a story, and I think I've told this on the podcast before. Maybe I have, maybe I haven't. But um, I remember it was actually the next to the last Christmas he was with us, and he was just, I'm not buying anybody anything I'm saving up for my burial. I mean, he just wouldn't take part in the Christmas Fun that we'd have decorating the tree and all that stuff I finally had enough And I said dad I said you're not dead yet I think it's a sin to not Live life that God gave you you're not dead Get up and enjoy Things and he did he listened he got up And helped us decorate the tree but I Also threatened to buy him gift certificates For Gilbert's funeral home If he didn't stop it for Christmas So <laughs> And that, my friends, is not a rigged sense of humor. That is the qual side of me. That was the mom and me talking to him. That was the qual sense of humor. Um, (laughs) But uh, I told my boss the last Christmas I had with my dad, which was 2015. I said, This is my last Christmas with my dad. I just know it. I knew his life was ending. I just knew it. I don't know if it was God telling me. I just knew I, I needed to prepare for this. So we had a great Christmas that year. I had a lot of family and friends and I enjoyed that Christmas immensely. And uh, got a lot of pictures of that Christmas. And my dad was so so, so thin. Um, but I convinced him to have surgery on his cataract that he developed because he wasn't seeing very well. And I think I had eye surgery one like in February, if I recall, and then he had his about three weeks later. So we both were going to have to do eye drops and stuff. I had a detached retina in my right eye, that's how I went blind. I let it go too long. Uh, he just had a massive cataract. And he also was blind in his right eye more or less from the metal he had in his eye um so we shared that but anyway he had his eye surgery and as he came out he could see everything and he was so thrilled you know but we had to this is where it got complicated because he was starting to develop Alzheimer's and he was getting kind of forgetful and he was kind of impossible I'll be honest with you but um me and my sister shared in putting eye drops in and that sort of thing. And he would not leave his patch on. You know, I would put it on and tell him that he would take it off. And oh, it was just a nightmare, kind of. <laughs> Again, I said as you get older, the roles reverse in, in your caring for your parents. Uh, I was becoming the parent. He was becoming the child. And uh, one day I <sighs> put his eye drops in and he laid there with his head back and my mom was cooking his supper and I had to go to work and I said, Dad, you can get up and go eat your corn dogs. And he says, okay. So I turned around to go get ready and I, I heard a thump and he fell and broke his hip. And I was just, I didn't know what to do. He said he hurt and I, I, I had that sinking feeling, because my, his mom died, more or less, with complications from a broken hip, that's, at his age, it's very dangerous, and, uh, he swore he didn't break his hip, he said, let him sit there, so we helped him get to the couch, and I just, it didn't sit well with me, I went ahead, and went to work, so I called my sister, and I said, please go check on dad, I think he's broken his hip, I'm really worried, and, She ended up calling the ambulance, and sure enough, he had broken his hip. And that was, he never came home again. He was in the hospital at Heron for a while, and then they moved him to a rehab uh, in Benton, Illinois, at Helia, a place called Helia, and then he ended up in Good Sam Hospital, which I stayed with him all I could. And he suffered uh, AFib while he was there. They found out he had a spot in his lungs, uh, he had to have a filter put in because he was get, to keep him from getting blood clots, and that took a lot out of him. Um, and then they sent him back to Helia, where he passed away on May seventh, two thousand sixteen. I was I was very diligent about seeing my dad while he was in Helia and at the hospitals, but on that particular day. I had to work midnights, and I didn't feel like going, because it was a Friday night, and I thought, I'll see him this weekend. And I told my mom and my sister who went to see him. It was Mother's Day weekend, and I told him, uh, I told him uh, to give him my love, but I won't be able to, you know, I'll see him this weekend. And they went and had the best visit. The weather was beautiful that day, and... It was sunny, and they took him outside, and everybody was complimenting him on how good-looking he was, and he looked like, uh, uh, oh, gosh, I can't think of the movie Star's name, but normally I'd tell this story. I can't think of it all of a sudden, but they told me they looked like this certain movie star, and he was just, you know, beaming, he liked that. Um, <sighs> my dad's black hair had turned completely white during this time. And when I'd take pictures of him, he'd say, that's not me, because he always kept his hair combed anyway. That's just something I remember. But uh, he finally was tired. He told my mom and my sister he wanted to go take a nap, They could go home. And they did. And when they got home, I woke up. I had had the best sleep. I slept like a baby that day. And I got up and talked to my mom and my sister for a minute and I went back to bed. And again, I slept like a baby, woke up, got ready for work, went to work, had an okay night at work. Uh, I did paperwork after I did my midnight shifts and I sat down and I talked to a manager from another store because she had people call in and wouldn't know if I had anybody I could go work. And I'm like, no, we're kind of shorthanded too. And this, we had caller ID of this phone kept going through or this number someone had tried to call and I said I better get off here someone's trying to call and I kind of recognized this number and I hung up and I thought that number looks so familiar and then they called this, they told me Mr. Riggs I have some bad news for you and here I am at work and I've just received the worst, worst news of my life And all I could think of is I got to call people. I got to call my sister in Royalton. Got to call my sister in Missouri. My sister Connie had passed away a few years prior. And I had the worst of all, I had to go wake up my mom and my sister. My sister Cindy was staying with my mom because my mom's mind had started to slip at that point. She wasn't yet diagnosed with Alzheimer's, but she was slipping and the lady at the nursing home told me that we could go see his body before the coroner came to pick it up. So I had to, (laughs) I held it together long enough but then I realized I've got to walk through the store and see people and I don't know that I can do it, but I did. My boss picked me up and we sat in my driveway or in front of my house and she called her sister And they talked to me for a while because I had to go in and break the news and I was really worried about it. And then I went in and broke the news and we were all kind of in maintenance mode that we had to do what we have to do. And the nursing home called me again and wondered where we were because we were taking so long. but. I literally had to wake everybody up. It was so early. So as we were going through to Benton they were having a parade that day, I believe it was called Red Lake Days. I'm not sure. It was Mother's Day weekend. And that there was a parade going on and we're going through Benton, Illinois Going to see my father who passed away and there's a parade going on. And it was surreal. And it's something I'll never forget. And I can tell this story verbatim. I can remember every second of every moment of this time. And my nephew didn't want to go in because he didn't want to see grandpa like that. He was really close to my dad. And I begged him, I said, please go in. Because I really needed my family at this point. And I really wished my sister Lori could have been there. And I needed my family so bad. for the worst time of my life. And I went in and there's my dad laying there. And my hero, my best friend, and my mom prayed over him. It was a really wonderful prayer. And me and my sister both swore we saw him move a little, but he didn't. And I walked over, and my dad loved hummingbirds. And it was beautiful out. It was May 7th, the day before Mother's Day. And a little hummingbird flew up to the window. And my dad loved hummingbirds. And that's when I cried. And I, You cry from your soul at that point. And I was glad the family that could be there was there. Cause that's when y'all need each other, and we all held hands and they had coffee and some some uh refreshments kind of there for the family and I none of us none of us touched it. And I felt my dad's face. He just looked like he was sleeping, really. It was time to go. And on the way home, I just, I had to make phone calls again. And I had called my uncle to let the family know, which is a good idea, by the way. (laughs) And I'm sorry I'm so emotional about this, but it's, really emotional and we all go through this stuff losing a parent, losing a family member I think we all can identify but you never get over it, you don't and I will remember this time for the rest of my life but uh, my final memory of my dad isn't that but it's all the people that showed up at the funeral, and and the people that were there for me and friends that showed up. And I'll love them forever for that. And I can still remember every face that came to the line. And I remember I stood by my dad's casket, and I was holding the lining so hard that when I sat down for the funeral service, my handprint was still in the casket and as my neighbor Bob furlow preached the service uh, I watched my handprint just sort of fade away from the casket and then the rest is is just kind of there it's not worth telling but they did a wonderful uh, he was a veteran so obviously he had the salute for the military and I have the flag by my bed. I just keep it there and every now and then I, I just reach over it. And... Anyway, that was probably the hardest thing ever. And here we are seven years later and it still makes me cry. cry. I'm sorry, this is, this is emotional for me, but I just wanna share that with everybody. Anyway, I'm going to gather myself, and I'll I'll be back. Oh boy, that was hard, and I'm sorry, I kind of lost it there. I feel, (laughs) I don't feel better, I just, I've kind of gathered myself a little bit losing my dad was the worst and I'll I'll just not deny that and I know I'm going to have to face that with my mom and it's just they had to lose their parents we all do this it's the natural way things go and it sucks but that's just the way it is Uh, I lost my sister before I lost my dad which is terrible so you never know. Life is random and weird sometimes. But he did live to be 90 years old and had a, he had a good life. And he was a good man. And he had his faults. He was a, he was a, he was better at being human than he was a great human being, if that makes any sense. But he was a great, he was a good man. But that's just that. And uh I've tried to carry on things carry on his wishes. That's why I I know he loved my mom and he would want me to do what I'm doing. So that's why I do it. Part of why I do it, the fact is I love my mom too. But for those of you out there who experience grief, I would like to say you're not alone and it's perfectly okay to still hurt because it doesn't ever go away it comes back in waves sometimes and these anniversaries are hard and I've been kind of a I've had a a bad few weeks and uh, <laughs> I knew this was coming up and why do, I don't know why seven years is bothering me but he's gone sometimes I forget his voice I have pictures of him everywhere but I do have recordings of him and video and stuff. I think I said that, but I can't access them right now, but that's okay. But anyway, if your father is still alive, go give him a hug. Take him to dinner. Enjoy every minute you got with him. Enjoy your time with your parents, your father, your mother, your brothers, your sisters, your family, your friends. Because tomorrow's not promised. And... uh A lot of people, you know, said he lived a great life, but I think I said it before, I could have had him for another hundred years and I wouldn't have minded it at all. I really love my dad. And uh, I think I'm going to wrap this up. I don't know that this is a great tribute. It's Not organized, once again. But it was from my heart. And uh, I'm sorry I got so emotional. But I'm just me and you get what you get. And I'm a hundred percent real. <laughs> and I appreciate all of you listening to my podcasts. And I love doing this. Love it beyond what anybody could ever imagine. <laughs> I enjoy, I enjoy sharing stories. Oh, uh, anyway. I will be back in a while with another podcast. Thank you for listening. I am Leonard Riggs Jr. forever. And you were listening to From My Head to Your Ears. This time it was maybe From My Heart to Your Ears. And I'll uh, talk at you Later.